The Sontopsy Report, gentlemen and ladies. That's right, gentlemen first. Wow. <laughs> We've only made so much progress. <laughs> Men's rights activists, the Sontopsy Report. You know what? Let's not start that for the first time, listeners who don't know you're joking. <laughs> Hashtag not all men. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Welcome to the Sontopsy Report, ladies and gentlemen, where we dissect the various ways we make ourselves look bad on a daily basis. And figure out how our careers died. I am your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm that guy what always makes us do this after things that make him mad, Steve Trollinger. <laughs> yes, so today um, we are leaving the romping shop in Jamaican reggae dance hall music in the past, and we are getting into the theme of James Bond. Yeah, I've had it up to here after last week with all of these thinly veiled sexual single entendres. I want to get as firmly and far away from that as possible. That's where we're doing James Bond here. <laughs> James Bond here today. As far away from that as possible. I always loved how James Bond was always literal. Everything he said was just exactly what it means on the surface. Yep. Never never said anything that was in any way a pun or a metaphor. <laughs> never ended a human life and then made a joke immediately afterwards. Like you do. Over and over <laughs> and over again as though it was some sort of psychological compulsion. Almost like he's a little sociopathic. Not, or a lot sociopathic. Sometimes you just gotta break the ice when someone witnesses you murdering another person. So you gotta... Sometimes he's by himself when he does it, though. <laughs> like, it. imagine... Alright, so what you do is you take every Mr. Freeze pun from Batman and Robin. Oh! but <laughs> There's you, no end to them. But you just... you Now you do like two or three of them every single movie. The problem with Batman and Robin is that they didn't wait for those three or four movies. They just, they were like, I forget who was writing that. Was it uh, Akiva Goldsman? I don't know. They were paid by the pun, though, which yeah. is why there's paid so many. The I forget pun. I forget who was writing that, but they were just, they were just like, one night, one night, just scribbling them out. Like, I can't stop. I can't, like, automatic writing. Like, they were possessed by a demon. I can't stop writing these freeze puns. <laughs> But no, so we're going to be discussing James Bond themes. Now, over the course of 24 movies, some of the most timeless movie themes and music that have ever graced the silver screen have come from James Bond movies. There's so many timeless ones. Music is an integral part of the James Bond experience. Absolutely. Uh, the aesthetic, as much as the gun barrel sequence, as much as like the opening animation, uh, like we said, the thinly veiled sexual entendres and the hilarious puns after destroying a person's life, ending it completely, and making their life meaningless. Oh, well, they're bad guys, right? So, you know, it's okay. I guess they are. <laughs> you have that kind of black and white mindset, I feel like, to be a good assassin. Yeah. Oh, they're bad guys. Bam, bam, bam. Like, they're bad guys, but he's always, he's doing it to grunts. Like, the guard. As in he's having sex while he does it? Yeah. Bang! 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 Oh, God. He's not that crazy. He's pretty crazy, but he's not that crazy. I don't know. I feel like Daniel Craig has found like this new, very seriously dark angle on the Bond character that well, other ones didn't find. You know, Nick, I've always surmised in my study of Bond film, um, as, a, as a genre, I've always surmised that there are two levels of James Bond and it's a ratio that every James Bond and every Bond movie struggles with to figure out the perfect ratio and then there I've, if you can see I've got my hands up 
uh, together I, so that they're like I little do. levels, yes. like yes. on a like, like on a scales dashboard. of justice at about eye level. Yes, exactly. So on the one hand, you've got the level of classic Bond. His his left hand is going up. Yeah, which is uh, like a like a. So the sociopathic James Bond, I want to say. Oh, I mixed up my I mixed them up a little bit. So that we got the sociopathic blunt instrument weapon for the government, James Bond, and then you've got the charming uh, debonair James Bond. Now he's got his right hand up. And the <laughs> isn't this riveting, everyone? And then, and he every James Bond sort of fudges with that ratio a little. And every movie has its own ratio of uh, classic Bond versus deconstructed Bond, where you've got the classic Bond tropes done in such a way that it all fits in the right place like a little cro- like a jigsaw puzzle and then you've got the deconstructed bond movies where they do things are done tongue in cheek and they realize you know these tropes are overdone so let's make fun of them a little bit or let's break down what these movies are all about and it's all about finding the perfect ratio so a bad bond movie and a bad bond song often skew those ratios to such an extent that it's you can't take it seriously yeah, I have put way too much thought into this. I am well aware. Wow. Well, no, yeah, because today we're going to be discussing some of what uh, we are mostly Steve, but I, I I agree for the most part. What the worst Bond themes are over the history of the franchise. Now, I I I, I will concur. I have not considered it as fully as Steve has. Like, I just hear a song and I have an opinion about it. Where Steve considers it in the broader scope of the franchise, an individual movie by individual movie, and thus informs why he believes these are some of the worst themes. The best ones. The best ones are the ones where... Adele sings. Yeah, the Uh, ones that Adele sings. (laughs) Uh, The best ones are the ones that Adele and uh, um, Shirley... Shirley Bassey sing. Dame Shirley Bassey. Uh, (laughs) Oh, she's a dame. I think. I'll have to check my facts on that. Um, Start so the, a petition. The best songs, the best ones are those that where the artist either successfully marries their own style with the general Bond aesthetic, or they allow their style to be um, submerged into it. And then the worst ones, the worst ones to me are the ones where the artist transcends, and it's like the like worst case scenarios where it's just another song this artist would be doing. It just so happens to share the. Uh, the title of a Bond movie and just so happens to be in front of him. Two of which we're going to discuss today and then a third one which is just weird in its own way. <laughs> yeah, so the first one we're discussing is from the most recent Bond film and and uh, working under the theory that you have uh, presented us with, Stephen, uh, this one falls under the umbrella of the the artist failing to make it sound like, failing to bridge that gap and make it sound like a Bond theme and just sounding like another one of their songs. Yeah. It's so Sam Smith, by the Sam way. It's Sam Smith. Sam, Sam Smith's the writing on the wall for uh, the latest one, Spectre. Um, the, my, I, we've been, as we, I've been listening to this one over and over again. When I first saw it in theaters, I hated it. Uh, not, not Spectre. Spectre was okay. But the, this song I hated. And uh, the more I've been listening to it just today, just for this episode, the more I'm starting to enjoy it, in a, but in a weird, ironic sense. It's still not a good Bond theme, but it's funny to me. Well, yeah, so if you haven't heard it, here's a little bit of The Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith. I've been in before But always hit the floor I've spent a lifetime running Like, right now, it feels evocative. It's got yeah. the strings of a Bond theme. Yeah. It's it's a tease. It's it's teasing me, it, man. Steven hates teasers. I hate teasers. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Every time he walks into a room, he just yells that. Give me what I want. So it it has yeah it has the yeah it has the beginnings. You're like you're you're being led to a point where you're like okay I know where this is going. I've, I've seen Bond movies before. I've heard Bond uh, songs. I know where this is going. It's got the beginnings of it. It's almost there. I'm waiting for it. The only problem is this, uh, it doesn't ever get there. It's just like constantly being like, oh, oh, here it comes. Here's the Bond theme. Oh, no, it's a Sam Smith song. No, just a Sam Smith song. <laughs> just an emotionally touching, beautifully sung Sam Smith song, but a Sam Smith song nonetheless. Yeah, that is, look. It's look. like when you think you've brought home a really, like, well-endowed man and <laughs> you just... <laughs> And then you find a whole roll of six, six different Hanes socks, all stuffed down his pants. Liars! And every time you think... Mike, has she called you back? (laughs) My God. But no, but yeah, it's... It's just like that. It's just like that. that, This song is like Mike Russell with six different pairs of socks. Wait a second, that is not. You pull out one sock and you're like, all right, that's got to be it. I'm getting to the meat and potatoes now. And then there's another sock. But you keep getting sock blocked. Yeah. And then you just got to keep going and going and going because you keep thinking it's going to happen at some point. I'm going to find that sweet, sweet spot. And it's just Which another is Mike's sock. penis, just to clarify. The sweet <laughs> spot is sweet, Mike Russell's sweet spot penis. Is, is my penis. <laughs> so using this metaphor now firmly implanted in our heads. Let's, let's, firmly, yeah, firmly, mind you. Gently, but firmly. <laughs> implanted in our heads. The rest of Sam Smith's song keeps kind of progressing in this teasery way. Sock pulled. Okay, it's still, it's still potentially a bond, bond song. Still potentially a bond song. Oh, it's gonna ramp up to a huge rousing part. I can feel it. <laughs> oh no, it fell off a fucking cliff. What's the scarf doing in here? Bond song again. Yeah, and then you get that that orchestral swell. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's annoying. Be- <laughs> Mike's laughing because he's watching the uh, we're watching the video and he's watching this is this is the song is playing over the opening Bond animation intro and there's so much octopi. <laughs> the symbol of Spectre is an octopus because they have many arms in many different things. At least eight. everywhere. And so, of course, those those tentacles are all over. All over them. <laughs> Some sort of weird half woman, half octopus monster. This movie got off the rails as quickly as it could. <laughs> Guys, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like Vibes Cartel would call that a buff octopusy. <laughs> you know damn well he would have. You know damn well he would. Yeah, I've always, you, you always wonder the... A lot of a lot of times the guys that come in and they do the Bond song for every movie. They a lot of them will like the title of the movie will be the title of the song, and then they I think they approached they approached like Shirley Bassey and was like, all right, we're doing a new Bond movie. You want to do the theme for this one too? And she's like, hmm, what is what's the title of this one? Because I normally only do it based on the title: Goldfinger, Moonraker, etc. Diamonds Are Forever. What's the title of this one? Octopussy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not you. going to do this one. <laughs> But yeah, unfortunately, like, 
I thought, okay, that's the first verse, and then it's going to continue to ramp up, and it just kind of keeps going. As the stars begin to gather, and the light begins to fade, when a hope begins to shatter, know that I Become a thing that's Bond-like. Stop teasing! Maybe now. Steve, uh, it's just, uh, it's, look, Bond, look, when you look at the James Bond character, it's a tragic, he's a tragic figure. He lost his family, he, he grew up uh, maladjusted, his whole life is centered around death and deceit, he has no real friends, no real family, no real loved ones, he's just a blunt instrument for Her Majesty's government, and it's a, tr- it's a tragedy when you look at it that way. But it's not sad. <laughs> like, there's tragic, and then there's just kind of mopey, Sam Smithy sad. Now, you would need... <laughs> this song would have worked perfect in a Bond film where Bond just got, like, dick cancer or prostate cancer, right? And he's, he's, he's risking it all, man. And any day he could die, but he refuses to get it taken off, you know? So he's always out there. He got the cancer from having too many socks constantly stuffed <laughs> down his pants. Too many socks. How do I live? How can it breathe? <laughs> well, the socks are cotton, Nick. Okay, well, whatever. There's as just, long as they're Hanes Breathable so Cotton. so passionate. Which, by the way, this episode's sponsored by Hanes Breathable Socks. Man, don't say Use that. Use coupon They'll code. sue us. <laughs> I'm already worried that someone will catch wind of this episode and w- the full might of Eon Productions will be brought to bear against this. <laughs> they l- are super litigious. <laughs> so the song, by the way, allegedly it only took 20 minutes to write. 20 minutes? 20 minutes to, to, to get the gist of it down. I, I would wager to guess that's probably because he already had this song halfway written for no particular reason. That yes. It's just another just Sam happened Smith to be song. a Sam Smith song. And then they were like, Sam Smith, we want you to, you're, you're a hot commodity this year. We want you to be the guy to do the new Bond theme. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> would it be, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I was not prepared for such an honor. Here I go now. I'm writing this song. Where's my notebook? I found it here in my sock drawer now. <laughs> for you. <laughs> I have to write this song. You're paying me a fortune. <laughs> but I mean, like, obviously, like, Every Bond theme or soundtrack obviously has to have some quieter parts and some more rousing parts, but usually the theme ties in in some way. Like like the actual James Bond theme, not that you need a refresher, but just so you can hear the difference. Yeah, spies, intrigue, badass ladies. And then... It swells a little bit, but I mean, it's nah, man, nah. This, this, this is this is some of like if you're imagining, this is the inner mind of James Bond. It's just like he's a, a, a 
little little sad bitch in the by the corner, like sucking on. He doesn't. He didn't even get stirred. What, what's his drink? You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, his his he, martini. A dry martini, shaken, not stirred. Yeah, he got it shaken, and it was wet. That's what he did. He it's it, called the Vesper. What he? After after his first after his first great love, Vesper Lind. Yes. Vesper Lind. Yeah. All right. So the big rousing conclusion to this song is as follows. Echo, not even a, not even any music, just soft echo chamber. Yes, uh, but they're um, to Mike's point a few minutes ago. He's actually not wrong in regards to the breathability the, of Haynes. The breathability socks. of Haynes cotton socks. No, <laughs> this this would be a much better Bond theme song, or not theme song, but a much better Bond song if the movie itself, maybe not having to deal with like dick cancer, obviously. But if right. there was a movie... Private Eye, Dick Cancer yeah. here. But if there was a movie about Bond has, you know, like a crank situation, Bond has 24 hours to live. Yes. And then he's got to deal with unfinished business before the end of it all. A song titled The Writings on the Wall would completely fit with that thematically. Yeah. And the, that a lot of the Bond themes, again, a good Bond theme in my opinion, or a good Bond song, in my opinion, will thematically match itself to the movie. It doesn't have to necessarily, you know, tell you what is happening in the movie. Like, it doesn't have to just recount the plot of the whole movie or anything like that. But it does, you do want it to somewhat match the theme in some way. This does not match the theme of a movie that is ostensibly about Bond meeting his greatest nemesis, who also happens to be his childhood friend, who, oh, spoiler alert for anyone who has seen Spectre. <laughs> yes. Um, like, this was the introduction of the, like, the new, updated, improved Ernst Stavro Blofeld, the gr arch enemy of James Bond. It's a big, climactic explosion. MI6 blows up the whole shebang. <laughs> I feel like if Sam Smith like sleep talks, like that's what it would sound like. <laughs> Sam, wake up, wake up. Ah, 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 sorry, sorry. We're recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's in the recording booth. He just does it off. All right, that sounds great. This is gonna yeah. be. This will be good. This is gonna be good. Sam, wake up for you. <laughs> uh, so uh, the next theme is from the 1974 film, um, "The Man with the Golden Gun." Yes. Speaking of Bond themes that are just a complete recounting of the plot of the movie in which it is attached to. Yeah, this song performed by Scottish singer Lulu. Uh, that's just her name, Lulu. I almost wonder if in the earlier Bond films, if all the artists got was, yeah, like like the title of the film and like a sentence about what it's about. And it's like, make up a whole song about it. Because this song, it almost sounds like an advertisement for the man with the golden gun. Yeah. Like like Moonraker is another great, like it's a Shirley Bassey one. Moonraker is kind of the least of the Shirley, all the Shirley Bassey songs are great, but this is sort of the least of them. And it, it definitely has the sense that she was given 
a piece of paper saying, here's the title of this Bond movie. It's called Moonraker. It's going to be in space or something. Go. And then she's just sort of like, uh, okay, I'm going to write a song about how Moonraker's a person, I think. And like, it's about love, I guess. Um, okay, here we go. So yeah, it was with that kind of mentality, I think, that uh, the man with the golden gun came about. Steve, what I would challenge you, though, is what... If, if, if you're an artist and you're given the title The Man with the Golden Gun, other than just writing a song about who the man with the golden gun is, what else would you? What else would one do, I guess? I'm not arguing... I'm not saying that this is just a little too literal, and it gets hilariously, dumbly double entendre at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a great question. I... I if you were to hand, if you're handed a piece of paper and said, "Here's the title of a Bond movie. We want you to do the song for this year, and it's the Man with the Golden Gun, and it's about a guy with a golden gun." <laughs> and, Christopher Lee specifically. But that's the thing. It feels like she was actually given the script of of everyone. She was actually given the script. Yes. It was almost the antithesis. She was given the script, and then still couldn't figure out what to write. <laughs> so then she was just like, um. And then this happens in the movie. This guy shows up now. <laughs> this is what he does. This is what he looks like. The man with the golden gun. <laughs> okay, that lyric, again, not a metaphor, literally, in the movie, The Man with the Golden Gun, Mike is looking blankly because he's never seen it. <laughs> Christopher Lee's character is an assassin. Uh -huh. He possesses a golden gun. Okay. Which and I remember, I would from remember Goldeneye, from, from, from Goldeneye, Goldeneye 007 yeah. if you was play, quite a powerful weapon. If you play... One shot, yeah. one kill, folks. That's if you, it. If you played Goldeneye, yes, you, you could sh shoot a person with the golden gun if you found it, and it was a one shot kill, but it only ever had one bullet in the chamber and had to be reloaded every time. So if you were caught in a room with more than like two people, <laughs> you were fucked. Yes. Yes. Um, but well, love is required. But love is required. So, so you just gotta start humping... Oh, the oh, I guess you can't do that in Christ the game. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't think teabagging was available. In, uh, Not until I love that was Christopher. Yeah. Christopher Lee's character is an assassin, the man with the golden gun. His name Francisco Scaramanga. Yes, Scaramanga. Cuban. Um, yeah, he's Cuban. He's a Cuban. He's a Cuban. Even though he's he's just even though he's Christopher just, Lee, he's just Cuban. British guy. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, you mean like when Ben Kingsley played Gandhi? Oh yeah, just like that. So so his character in this is an assassin with a golden gun. Um, he charges a million dollars for every sh every every bullet. He charges a million dollars for every hit, and as part of his pre-assassin ritual, he has to fuck a lady. So love is required whenever he's hired. This man is a genius. Yes. <laughs> he's got to steady his nerves for the job ahead. So before every assassination, he has sex with a woman. The man has worked out. 
his job perks. You know, imagine <laughs> if, you know, healthcare, fuck it. I don't need that. All right. Maybe dental. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be here. I need that. a steady paycheck. All right. Million dollars a hit. All yeah. right. And I, and I got, I gotta, I gotta get off. I, what can I make in these requests? And you know, they're, they're supplying them with the demands. That's, would you not supply the people to kill and then i will demand that i kill and then demand that i kill them is that how supply it's so works? it's so surface level and kind of gross on every level in the sense like okay yeah he he needs one shot and he charges by the shot and that's not even talking about the assassination yeah. like <laughs> one golden shot means another Oh, we're in Sam Smith territory again. Wait, what's this next part? Wow. So Sam Smith really was just like sampling from an earlier sampling effort. Sampling the hell out of Lulu. Lulu was kind of ahead of her time, though, with the sound, I gotta say. he bang we shall that's, see that's the question I feel like right. this, is the sound, this is the soundtrack in mike's head every time he walks into a bar what's yeah. he gonna, what, all right what, exactly. all right what's he my gonna inner do? monologue <laughs> that's that's what goes right. off of the two of us one of us is gonna be killed and the other is gonna be boned <laughs> who is who <laughs> this was the original fuck mary kill if christopher lee who would you rather be fucked by christopher lee or killed by christopher lee um <laughs> oh, God. fucked i would say fucked yeah yeah. The, the man was a treasure. Yes. Oh God. He he was doing metal albums <laughs> in his nineties. He is my goddamn hero, and I think we should cover his songs lovingly in a future episode. <laughs> oh well we only do bad songs, Nick. That's true. <laughs> you notice that? She is stroking slowly the barrel of that golden gun. Oh, by the way, uh, audience. Um, the golden gun is a euphemism for his penis. The whole movie. <laughs> I don't know if you figured that out yet, but that's the whole point of the song and the movie. And I, often, I actually feel like this is one of the few instances where it would have been probably better for the artist to not write a song with the title as the tongue title. Yes. Like, I feel like this is more it's of tough. a... tough. This is much, a better, like, better, like, all-time high sort of situation where it's just like, oh, man, I'm not going to write a song called Octopussy. Uh, all-time high. That's what it's called. <laughs> So, so some notes on this also that I kind of found interesting on The Man with the Golden Gun. Originally, a producer, and this is actual name, producer Albert Broccoli. Mr. Broccoli himself? Yes, Are you Al sure it's not Broccoli? No, I, I think it's Broccoli. Uh... I have to ask my girlfriend because every time I call uh, him or his daughter Barbara, because he, he has a daughter who's now in charge of Eon Productions. Yes, um, I always I, I always forget is it bar is it broccoli or broccoli? She's the one who always reminds me, and now I can't remember, so I'm gonna have to ask her later. Well, no, Albert Broccoli tr was recommend uh, uh, it was recommended to him that they try to get either Cat Stevens or Elton John to do this theme, but he rejected them. 
he got uh, this guy named Don Black to write the lyrics and then Lulu to perform it. So I, w- I almost wonder if um, if he'd sought the advice of his screenwriter, who was a uh, Jim Butternut Squash, if he would have been <laughs> able to maybe have... <laughs> a more accurate assessment because he also spoke with executive producer, uh, Deborah cabbage patch. And she also <laughs> recommended Elton John go for it. Uh, but script supervisor, Antonio eggplant. He was more in the camp of Lulu, but it was finally casting director B Russell sprouts. Who, oh, uh, I love Russell sprouts, man. He knows B Russell sprouts <laughs> really had a lot of sway over it. So that is why the song turned out the way it did. Albert broccoli was swayed. I don't know what's more sad. That you did that, or it took me so long to figure out what you were trying to do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the last song we are going to discuss is another more recent one uh, from 2002's "Die Another Day," the uh, self-titled track from Madonna. So who... good, so good. Uh... <laughs> Said Mike, who I think just heard it for the first time earlier today. <laughs> Look, if you like Madonna songs, you're gonna like this song. If you like James Bond movie songs and don't necessarily like Madonna songs, you will not like this song. Okay, Mike, the dances you're doing to this song are opposite James Bond. I they're, don't, they're don't the sound stilted robot movement. You're doing stilted Vogue. You're voguing and doing robot dances. I'm, I'm, suave, I'm a suave robot. I'm a suave robot. Um, Mike? Mike Russell? <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Bond. Bond who? James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Any anytime someone says something dramatic, we'll we'll punch up with the James Bond theme. I love Sigmund Freud. She's no reason. I think she she might think that she's doing a song for Analyze This. I was just <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> Well, actually... It didn't work out, so she had to pitch it to this yeah. one. <laughs> no, actually, uh, there, there was some good information on this. Um, so Madonna was in talks fairly early to do the theme for this movie. Um, and from the book, The Music of James Bond, quote, the song deal was confirmed in mid-March of 2001, I think, uh, with journalists reporting a complex contract which might have cost MGM around $1 million, including Madonna's fees for music and acting, promoting the single release and the music video. Because Madonna also has a cameo in the movie. Yeah, she is... Uh, die, die Another Day, as far as Bond movies goes, it was the one that sort of... Uh, like you had you had the run up to I think the Timothy Dalton movies and then those did not so great to the point where they actually did a, a little hiatus like several years you before it was like a new Bond movie over the year or so right. and now they they took a hiatus of like five or six years and then started again with the Pierce Brosnan ones and then Pierce Brosnan was doing it up until Die Another Day which also was critically and financially not. Not great. It made a lot great. of money. Though. It made a lot of money, but it, it it wasn't it wasn't well received to the point where they were kind of like, okay, hiatus time again. Let's wait a little bit and do something completely different. And the re- Ooh, whoa, me. hey now, Sam Smith over here. And the reason, <laughs> um, and the the reason behind that was because there there is such a thing. Nick was asking me this earlier. Nick was saying, um, 
uh, was asked me que- a question about Bond movies, and I, I forget what prompted it, but I remember telling him, Bond movie, you, when it comes to like uh, uh, artistic artistic merit, when you talk, when you're talking about like a movie, and you do a movie, and then you do another one after that. You branch. You want to branch out. You want to creatively expand yourself and do something different. And you know, people want to see what you, else. What else you've got under the hood. Um, and oftentimes that works. Shut up, Mike. That's, Got under there, there, Steve. Oh, Steve is wearing with? a hoodie, so it's very uh, funny. <laughs> uh, they, they, they ask, you know, they ask for something different, and then most people don't want to be stigmatized as the one thing, so they try to branch out, and oftentimes it's received very well. The only time I say that is not the way to go is with Bond movies. People want to see the same Bond movie over and over and over again. Come on, man. They may, look, no. they may want slight variations between them. Like like I said, there's two different kinds. There's like the classic Bond movie and the deconstructed Bond movie. But even then, that still follows a track. There's a couple of deconstructed Bond movies. There's a few, more than a few classic Bond movies. And then there's Bond movies that are too much Bond movies. And that's die another day because there's it's just too much Bond because the Bond had you got the tropes and you either want to use a, a small amount of those tropes or you want to try to deconstruct those tropes. You don't want to do what die another day did, which was use them all and then go further with them. Bond Bond's on the run from MI6. Also, the bad guy uses gene therapy to change his facial features. Also, there's an ice palace. Also, there's an orbital laser gun. Also, Madonna is sword fighting. Like, it goes too far. You can't go too far, man. Listen, are you telling me? All right, what about, what about Goldeneye, man? That thing had everything going on. People loved it. You had you had the crazy lady killing people with her sex moves, and she rocked a rocket launcher and a machine gun. Okay. Yeah, but that's what I mean. He, they can. You be- had you had a fake death in the beginning, right? Well, it's every Bond movie, basically. <laughs> yeah. But again, guy comes back. Bond they movies. They fight in the air. Successful Bond movies are all about continuing to do what makes the movies popular while changing up enough things to make it relevant, relevant yeah. for the time. Like, like I think the Ice Palace makes perfect sense. Like all those things you just mentioned for Goldeneye are completely accurate, but that movie was also about the end of the Cold War and what do spies do now, and like it, it went that little step further. It changed certain things, but it changed them on the skeleton of the crazy Bond girl and the you know orbital death ray and all that. Yeah, I think Mike liked the death by sex moves. I think that was his favorite part. I was sold by that. No, it was a little bald. uncomfortable. The pleasure will be all mine. Ah. Mike wants to die via Famke Jensen squeeze. I gotta say, is it terrible? That's one way I'd like to go. I- <laughs> Saying I close my body now? Close my body. Yeah, so um so the lyrics for this quote, uh from that same book on the music, uh some of the lyrics like I'm gonna destroy my ego, dot dot dot, Sigmund Freud, dot dot dot, analyze this, quote, uh, were derived from Madonna's interpretation of the film's storyline. 
which, as uh, Stephen discussed, involves uh, North Korea, gene therapy, uh, satellite lasers, ice palaces, and James Bond also at one point surfboarding on a tidal wave with like a parachute, all CGI'd. Um, right before he's he's captured by North Korea and tortured for yes. like a year and a half. Or Sigmund Freud, in other yeah. words. Yeah. Uh, again, she's trying, but not well. <laughs> I think similar to Sam Smith, though. She had a Madonna-ish song about destroying your ego and stuff that she wanted to write, and then she just made that fit yes, into a James Bond. Yes, purely Bonnie. speculative, but yes, uh, yes. So you're saying she's she was projecting her own self? I think, so. I think so. Onto this movie. Yeah, she was like, you know, the song Literally, that I, she yeah. was in the movie. Yes. she was projected onto the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel every time I have a near-death experience. It's not my time to go. <laughs> no, it's not my time. I'm still young. <laughs> yeah, and then you woke up surrounded by broken glass at the bottom of a third-story fall with a broken window above you, but not a broken bone in your body. Not one broken bone, Nick. Just a scratched earlobe. That's it. Wow. That really <laughs> happened, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I had shit to do, man. I had shit to do. <laughs> Clearly, I was meant for greater things. I just love Cut that. to a riot a year later with Mike shoving a tree branch into a destroyed car. They needed... It's not my time to go! Smash, smash, smash. This car must be destroyed! Just like my ego. That's what Madonna said. Smash, smash, smash. I'm gonna delay my pleasure. I'm gonna close my body now. I'm trying to think. I know you are. First time for everything. I know you are. <laughs> How many hits do you think you could take if you're getting tortured? You know, James I mean? Bond or Pierce Brosnan? You personally. Me personally. James oh. Bond, 45. Pierce Brosnan, 83. Whoa. <laughs> I feel like that's the... I agree with that. He was in Mamma Mia, which I think is the equivalent of 83 punches. <laughs> he is not a. He is not a singer. When you're gone. That should be another song we do. Just Pierce Brosnan doing uh, ABBA covers. Oh my God. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like I said, in terms of Die Another Day. So, that was it. Well, I mean, what do you want? Do you want to just hear more of Die Another Day? He does. He does want to listen to the rest of it. Oh, what a great Madonna song. <laughs> uh, so, we've been joking a lot about... Yeah, we've been having fun, everyone, but let's get serious. We're having a, a good time. But... I want to bring it down a little bit. We've been, we've been, we've been joking a lot about, um, about Bond's propensity for uh, quipping during murderous, awful moments. Uh, you know, he's a sociopath. We've been, we've been making light of this, um, but I, I, there's a fun little mental exercise. I want, I want the audience to try it. I, think, I want to try it right now, but... Um, Seems like a good improv warm-up. Yeah, if you have yeah, an improv team, try this. a good improv team or something like, uh, something like that, this would be a good warm-up. Um, or if it's like maybe like a good party game, too, that I came up with. Uh, I noticed about a year or two ago, I was uh, having my girlfriend watch... 
all of the Bond movies with me because she hadn't seen most of them. And I got like the 50th anniversary Blu-ray pack with all of them. While I was watching all these movies with, with her, and when you watch them in a row, you start to notice certain little things that pop up, little patterns. Um, and I got to thinking, uh, you could pretty much just, at least I could pretty much just re... I could write my own James Bond action sequences by just like taking a common everyday English idiom and like Quentin Tarantino it, like work backwards from it to engineer how Bond would get to the point where he says that idiom in a horrible, murderous manner. Like, because that's all those are. They just pick like the, like, um, what the one example I used was from uh, The Living Daylights. James Bond, he's. He's hanging off the end of a uh, of a cargo plane. The bad guy's hanging onto his shoe. So Bond kicks the shoe off, and he falls to his death. He gets back on the plane, goes to the cockpit. Bond girl's like, what happened to the bad guy? And James Bond says, I gave him the boot. That last part didn't actually happen no, in the no, movie, no. but it's that, what it should That happens been. in my head every time I, he- I hear something like that, though. And and watching all of them, I just realized that's how it that's how it works. You could just write a whole Bond movie. You like, start from the idiom at the end and yeah. work backwards and manufacture a fight scene just to get to that point. Yeah, so as, as, a, as an exercise, mental exercise, I... I uh, had some. Uh, uh, I, I had an idea that, that we try to do that now. Um, I, I looked up a couple of common everyday uh, it, English idioms, uh, and uh, I, uh, I I wanted to wanted to try them out and see if you guys can see where I'm going with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, here, give me one. Give, okay. Mike, you give me. Okay, I'll give you one. How about feeling a bit under the weather? Okay. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um, okay, so so Bond is uh, Bond is broken in to the top secret bad guy lab, uh, and uh, he's fighting he's fighting the main villain, uh, who has uh, in ten in ten seconds uh, his supercomputer is going to connect to a, a government manufactured uh, climate control satellite in orbit, and when it connects, it's going to blanket the earth in extreme uh, climate events uh just destabilizing governments and and infrastructure and uh they're fighting they're like they're they're wrestling with uh with with bonds uh uh, walter ppk trying he's trying to grab it out of his hand uh yeah like that uh uh bond manages to uh, just kick the guy's feet out from under him uh, brains him in the head with the uh, the butt of the Walther, and then fires a shot at the computer. The computer, because this is movie logic, after it gets shot, goes haywire. Because oh. that's what happens in movies when <laughs> computers get shot, and when tankers get shot. <laughs> Uh, and it starts going haywire, and it starts uh, uh, uploading new information to the to the to the satellite, and the satellite uh, orbit destabilizes and comes crashing down through the atmosphere. And meanwhile, Bond kicks the bad guy into uh, into like a pile of debris, and he gets trapped there. And Bond runs out in like I don't know, he gets in like one of those fucking like cart things or something, and drives out <laughs> and whatnot. And he gets out, and as he's getting out, the satellite crashes into the uh, the the bad guy super science layer and the whole thing explodes in a massive fireball and Bond drives himself to safety and the uh, like local uh, local authorities who he had been skirting the whole movie show up way too late to help out and they're like oh my god what the hell happened here where's the bad guy 
And Bond turns to them and straightens his tie, and he says, he was feeling a bit under the weather. Oh, oh, oh God. You know what? Wait, say that last line again. <laughs> He's feeling a bit under the weather. That's what that deserves. <laughs> yeah, if it's a bad one, it deserves a Sam yeah, yeah. Smith. How do I live? <laughs> no rousing James Bond orchestral score for you. Okay, whatever. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty good. <laughs> Give him another one. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Throw one at me. I honestly have. I, I don't. I don't want to know what's coming. I just want to try to manufacture this. Uh, I want to. Cre- I want to orchestrate a Bond scene. Um. Oh, that's the cat's meow. That's the cat. The cat's meow. I'm gonna allow it, but it's. <laughs> Wait. Pass. Oh. oh. All right, all right. So, so James Bond's out in an alleyway, right? Oh, I see. You want? Oh, so you're taking it. Okay. That's why you said that. All right, Mike. The cat's meow. Okay. So he's at he's out in the alleyway, and he's having a standoff with uh with one of those those hyper artillery villains that the that the super bad guys like hired. You know, like yeah. like the the Boba Fett of the Double yeah, yeah. O Seven series uh, or the movie. Okay. So he's there, and he's fighting him in an alleyway. And then all of a sudden, these, all this yelling cats are coming in while they're shooting at each other. And one lands on the, the freaking super guy's, like, headgear, and it's clawing at him. It's just clawing at him. And Bond sees his opportunity, runs up, and he freaking uh, he uh, air kicks him. What's that called? Drop kick? He drop jump, kicks. Jump kick. Jump kick. He jump kicks him into a nearby dumpster. And and there's a and then all the alley cats like swarm and they jump in and he slams it down and the Bond girl runs out of the bar she's like what's happening out here and he goes that's the way the cat meows. <laughs> Thank oh, you, shit. thank you. I was going to say because <laughs> you change you had to change it slightly to make it work and even if you didn't change it that is not a thing meant, a human oh, being oh, would the say. The cat's meow. Shit. That's not a thing another human being would say. I really thought I had something there for a second. I really did. Look, right up until the dumpster kick. If we're not writing (laughs) all of these down and using them all in the same Bond movie, we have not done our jobs today. Yes, these all have to fit in with the same Bond movie. Yeah, no one, Steve? Uh, Of course he does. (laughs) I don't don't know. Nick didn't get get to do another one. Yeah, just give me me an idiom. Um, Actions speak louder than words. All right, so these two supervillains, one from China, one from Germany. Uh, no, actually, uh, yeah, Germany, from Germany. Uh, they team up because they, they, ha- they have combined their, uh, their powers. They have, they have this uh, new high-tech weapon. It shoots sound waves, powerful enough to break walls, powerful enough to destroy any barrier that stands in their way, and James Bond has to stop them. But what, hap- but what happens is... Um, these uh James Bond is confronting these two guys. So um so, so the, 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 the the German guy whose whose name, I'll just spell it as is spelled W E with an umlaut, R D Z has one weapon. And then um the uh the evil Chinese person whose name is uh A A C H T slash Z U N S both you have their weapons. Both have their weapons lined up. These super loud <laughs> cannons that can shoot out sound waves. But what happens is, um, 
The Chinese guy ends up killing the German supervillain uh, with his own sound gun. He blasts him off a wall and he dies. And as James Bond watches the German guy, once again, W-E umlaut R-T-Z, as he dies, James Bond comments, well, looks like action speaks louder than words. Uh, you know what you need to do, Steve. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that. Action speak louder than words. <laughs> well, I'd say we should end on a high note, but I don't know if we have have one yet. The lengths of which you had to go. Our alleys have cats in them. That happens. There's, there's alley cats. But you... There's evil you. Germans and Chinese people. It all adds up, too. Oh, with those names? Words, action and words. Words, words and action. <laughs> words and action. On board. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you guys, but that made my day. Usually the things that make your day make me feel bad. Make everyone else feel sad. I'd hate to see his outdoor voice. <laughs> yes! Oh, my God! No, 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 no! Keep it going! Keep it going! Maybe. Why aren't we writing the next Bond film? Uh, I think you heard of Hear No Evil and See No Evil, but Speak No Evil he didn't hear. <laughs> I bet his mom's regretting telling him sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. (laughs) From now now on, on every survey where there's a yes or no answer, it's just going to be replaced with Bond theme or Sam Smith. Well, Looks like he was feeling a bit under the weather. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't come up with another sound-based one, so I just went back. It's a callback. Call, callback, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all gross on you. Um, but you know what? Yeah, whether it's a high note or not, maybe we should end on that. Um, so, yeah, those... <laughs> That's what I call killing two birds with one phone. I can keep this going. Oh god. I'll take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> okay, I'll give that. <laughs> I don't even need to hear what led up to that. I'm just You're... like, oh that sounded like it was a funny punchline. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can't go on uh, as much as I would love to. Uh, so those are some of the, um, would you call them the worst James Bond themes? Some of them, yes. yes. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in any particular order, but they are not of the highest caliber for various reasons. Although I love Madonna's. I can't help it. Yes, yeah, so you're going to go home and dance to that. I just see you putting on a Bluetooth speaker, playing as loudly as possible <laughs> while your neighbors and roommates get upset at you. That sounds pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, oh, but uh, thank you very God. much for listening. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Stitcher, um, over, oh God, what's it called? Overcast, 
and our website, thesongtopsreport.com. And if you have a suggestion for a bad song or if you just want to say hey, you can reach out to us at thesongtopsyreport at gmail.com. You can Instagram DM us, you can Twitter DM us, or you can send us a message via Facebook. And you can follow me personally at Nick Brigadier on my Twitter and uh, also on Instagram at Nick Brigadier, uh, Mr. Mike Russell. Uh, yeah, you can find me at MrMikeRussell.com. My Instagram is MrMikeRussell.com where the dot is D-O-T. Uh, but yeah, please send us your song suggestions, feedback, critique, praise, uh, what your personal... Uh, Especially the praise yes, part. All please, of the praise. The praise is great. Uh, but your personal uh, James Bond themes that you have in your own head or how you <laughs> introduce yourself when ordering a cocktail. I am Mike, Mike Russell. <laughs> Very good, Mike. <laughs> Steven. Imagine that going wrong at the Starbucks a lot. Oh, I got a mocha for Mike, 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 <laughs> mocha for Mike, Mike. Except Mike is spelled wrong. It's like with a Y C H M Y C H M Y C H E. Coffee's Mika, Mika, mocha for Mika. Got a coffee for an action and words. <laughs> action and words. <laughs> That was sneaky. <laughs> Shouldn't put your keyboard so close to me. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, but Steve, where may we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Your Man Trollo. You can find me at uh, stephentrollinger.com. You can find me, sadly, uh, sitting outside on certain occasions looking at a broken toy that I once treasured. Weeping to myself. Did you break a toy recently? I have this penguin at home that is like my boy. It's a real penguin too. All right, that'll teach me. He's he's, he's the he's the king penguin. Yeah. That'll teach me to try to add things. Yeah. <laughs> what is the broken toy? I don't have a broken toy. Oh, I was. Oh, really you can't lie to the viewers every day. What see? viewers? <laughs> listeners. They're listeners. Yeah. You gotta look until at your... HBO <laughs> picks up the Song Topsy Report TV show. We're gonna have listeners who we appreciate very much. You're all viewers in my eyes and ears. <laughs> You're viewers in my ears. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Your Man Troller. You can find me at StephenTrollinger.com and eventually on Instagram. I don't know what it'll look like yet, but it will be something, and I will tell you what it is well, when make I make it the Trollio. Troll- Why? <laughs> I'm sorry, your man. Why? Trollo. Why? Why the trollio? No, no, your man trollo. That's what I meant. I just said it wrong. <laughs> you didn't say it wrong. You said the wrong thing. It's not like I say it every time I see you. Consider it, Steve. Uh, and while you consider that, thank you very much for listening. I'm Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I, of course, am Bond, James Bond. Uh, and we will see you next week. Take care. All together now. <laughs>